Hey Yak Quarantine Episode 52. Hope this finds you well. We're continuing our Love of God series and we're getting to the one that you expected, I'm sure, in chapter one. And that is a look at 1 Corinthians 13, the most popular love verse of all time. Now, why would I say it's the most popular? Well, it's the number one verse read at weddings. Whether you're a believer or not, we love, sorry for the irony, this verse. Because it's such such good platitudes, right? But as we're going to look at the verse today, we're going to see that, man, it hits hard. If you really study this, in 1 Corinthians 13, it should cause us uh, to repent and seek the Lord that we would love others better. You see, in 1 Corinthians 13, it comes in the middle of Paul's discussion about gifts in the church that serve to unify and edify the whole body. The goal is unity in the midst of diversity, as R.C. Sproul would say. But we're going to see in chapter 13 that if your gifts are not tempered with love, and if love is not the foundation of your gifts, they are like dirty rags. And so he tells us about a more excellent way to look at love. Turn with me, if you haven't already, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read the whole thing. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love... I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Mm. That preaches, y'all. That preaches. One of these days I'm going to get around and just preach. 1 Corinthians, right? Just straight. No commentary. I'm just going to let it speak. It's so good. It's so good. 
So we're going to try to cover the beginning of it today, the beginning of the way of love, really verses 1 through 3. And then we'll dive into more meat next week. A lot of what R.C. pulls from is commentaries on 1 Corinthians and also Jonathan Edwards' book, Charity and Its Fruits. And he said Edwards makes two powerful observations on the nature of divine love in the midst of this. First, all true Christian love is one and the same in its principle. What do we mean by that? Think back to early on we were covering the beginning of God's love, and that is that it comes from the same source. God is the fountain head of love, and it's communicated to believer by the same Holy Spirit. That's what makes it the same. Second, all virtue that is saving or distinguishing of true Christians is summed up in Christian love. This is what R.C. says. It's so good. I just want to quote it all. It is love that disposes us to honor God as God, to adore and worship him. Love recognizes God's right to govern us and his worthiness to be the object of our obedience. At the same time, love disposes us to treat our neighbors with honor and respect. We are not really inclined to cheat, to fraud, or otherwise work ill towards those we love. Indeed, the good works that are the fruit of saving faith are performed out of love. Faith works by love. Saving faith is not a mere intellectual asset, but includes a genuine affection for its object. Making love the heart and soul of saving faith. All Christian holiness begins with faith in Christ. So Edwards goes on to list seven ways that 1 Corinthians 13 instructs us in the nature of true love. I'm going to read the list and comment a little bit on it. First, love reveals the right Christian spirit. It's pretty straightforward. If you have a Christian spirit, love should define you. Hence why in the fruit of the spirit, what's listed first? Love. Two, love reveals to those who profess faith whether their Christian experience is genuine. If you are in Christ, is your Christian experience defined by love for others? Or is it defined by love for self? Three, love reveals a friendly spirit, which spirit is the spirit of heaven. Are you friendly? Or are you held off bitter, removed? Now, let me speak to this here, too, because I think it's easy for, you know, us introverts to be like, well, God didn't give me that gift of friendliness. No, God gave you the gift of friendliness. Because if you're in Christ, you have to be open to knowing others. Now, that doesn't mean that you're hanging around others all the time, but you at least have to be open to it and enjoy it. But that also means you need to make sure that self-care takes place and you do get time to yourself. But that doesn't mean that you're always alone. Four, love shows the pleasantness of the Christian life. You know, again, he's talking about here in the midst of 1 Corinthians 13, the unity of the body. So this love that takes place, as we've seen in when we discuss the love of the Trinity, happens within community first and foremost. Happens within community. So love shows the pleasantness of the Christian life. So if love is happening in community, we should be enjoying the pleasantness of the Christian life within the community. Five, love reveals why strife and contention tend to ruin, tend to the ruin of Christians. 
Mm. You can sit there. Love reveals while strife and contention tend to the ruin of Christians. Because when we don't have it. Mm. Six, love reveals an urgent need to guard against envy, malice, bitterness, and other such bad attitudes that overthrow the work of love. We need to hold each other firm in this. When we are envious, when we have poor thoughts about our brothers and sisters, when we are bitter, those work against love. And we must fight to see the love of God in the midst of the pain of the world. Seven, love calls us to love even the worst of our enemies as it tempers the spirit of the Christian and is the sum of Christianity. I want to remind you again that love, while a feeling is associated with it, and hopefully eventually is firmly associated with it, first should take place in the actions that we take towards others, namely our enemies. And so we have to realize that when we are bitter and envious and angry towards others, we must take actions to overcome that. We cannot just sit. This idea that time heals all wounds is crap. There, I said it. If you have that on your bumper sticker, you can remove it. Time has the chance to heal all wounds if actions are taken to begin to mend bridges. When you don't do that, it leads to bitterness and envy and strife. And it speaks poorly of the gospel. So what actions are you taking today to love those in your sphere well? That would be my challenge to you. Well, I hoped we were going to get to verses 1 through 3. We're not going to. It's already been almost 10 minutes. But we'll take this back up next week as we continue and get closer and closer to the end of our series on the love of God. Peace.